Okay, welcome to uh, the Why Not Us podcast. Uh, my name is Carter Kramer. This is my good friend, Mike McGowan. Um, we've got a guest today that's uh, a little close to my heart, a yeah. gentleman I had the opportunity to work with for a period of time, and uh, someone that gained a lot of respect from me just in the willingness and the drive and, uh, and having some gratitude is uh, Josh Beck. So, Josh, thanks for doing this, man. We appreciate you joining us, and Josh has got a really unique story. I know Josh by Grizz, yep. by the way. So if I call him Grizz, I'm referring to Josh. But okay. anyway, go ahead. All what right. were you going to say? No, I, I've gotten to know him just over, you know, communicating over messaging. Yeah. Right. And just a, just a great, great dude. Yeah. Like, absolutely. I like this absolutely. No, and Josh kind of wore a bunch of hats, man. And that, you know that I respect that about people mm-hmm. that I talk a lot about, like, people that have the willingness to be versatile mm-hmm. and have some agility. And uh, Josh, and you'll, you can talk about this a little bit when we get into it, but you were asked to do a whole host of things uh, when we worked together. And that was one of the things I yeah. really appreciated from you is you were always willing to just like grab a hold of something and do the, you know, make the most of it. So thank you for that. Uh, you were a huge part of our success and uh, just awesome to have people like that in your court. Yeah. So yeah. I feel lucky to have gotten to know you a little bit and uh, work with you for a while. And this is really cool because I have a feeling that a lot of people that worked with us, you and I both probably don't know a lot of your story. Would you agree? Oh, I absolutely agree with that. I don't uh, usually tell the story unless asked. So, okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, let's, uh, to get this started, Josh, I think this is always a good thing. Tell us just a little bit about, like, your background, where you're from, you know, maybe a little bit about kind of your childhood and, and kind of take us from how did Josh back get to, to here? <laughs> uh, well, that's an interesting story. So let's just get into it. Um, I was born in Waterloo, Iowa. Uh, my mother was 16 years old when she had me. My father was 18, so obviously they were extremely young. Uh, just like in any other home, we had differences and stuff like that. Um, my father left uh, the family uh, after uh, my sister was born, and uh, it was just kind of being raised by a single mother. Uh, when I turned two years old, that's when I started going into foster care. And I spent 88% of my life in foster care from the age, basically from when I was born to when I was 18 years old. Mm. Um, I was in 12 different foster homes before I was 12 years old. Wow. Wow. And yeah. Yeah. So uh, the good thing is, is um, I had quite a few foster parents kind of in my corner and that helped a lot. Um, the last foster uh, family I had, uh, I highly respect and I actually call them my parents. Uh, yeah. the good thing is they actually kept, here's my file, ah. they kept my file for me. And when I turned like 24, they're like, here's your file, uh, do what you like with it. And so I actually read every single page of that file to learn more about the foster care system, more on what they had to go through to become foster parents, uh, and stuff like that. So, um, I would not be where I am today if it wasn't for uh, my parents stepping forward and taking care of me. And uh, I met them when I was eight years old uh, through the Big Brother Big Sister program. Okay. And and uh, I lost touch with with them when I went into another foster home uh, due to abuse and drugs and stuff like that uh, in the home. And uh, I lost touch with them, and then when I regained back with my mother, I came back for a short uh, period of time with my mother. Uh, I was kind of a rebel child, and uh, I, I started fires. That's what I used to do, just to kind of settle things, you know. And uh, 
It's, anyway, it's, I'd be going. Is start, it's starting fire subtle? <laughs> <laughs> Call me. Call me. It's relaxing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm, not, I'm not like starting house fires. Or no, anything. no, I know. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm, yeah. With you. I'm just, I'm poking fun. I, I think we're all pyros, man. Yeah, in some we way, all shape are. Or form, right? Yeah. Yeah. So in any way, I was in the middle of Waterloo starting these fires. And the judge told me if I started another fire, I'd go back into foster care. Well, the fire happened. Um, completely by accident this time it was a house fire um we can get in that story is uh i had a little plastic gun that shot out plastic bullets and a few bullets went underneath my bed and i grabbed my mom's lighter to look for the bullets and of course i started my bed on fire oh, and uh, whoops yeah and so then they uh took me back into foster care and uh, my pa- my mother did the best thing for me she actually went to um, I'm going to call them Harold Levant. They, they are my parents, so I'm just going to say Harold uh, Levant. They they went to them and said, "Hey, Josh always likes coming here. Uh, would you mind uh, going and being his uh, foster parents?" And they said yes. And wow. They got their licensing and stuff like that. We can go through the the course of that. And um, Let, let's talk about that, man, because it's it's a it's a really difficult process, as with most, you know, government, you know, subsidized programs. There's yeah, a lot of red tape. Right. So, yeah. Oh, talk yeah. about that. Talk about that a little bit and what you've learned about that process. Well, it starts out with the contract right here is their contract. OK. So, um, and I wrote it all down on a computer so I don't have to read it all. Um, so basically to become a foster parent, you have six to nine months of training before you even become a foster parent. In that uh, training, they go through your background. Uh, They were finding stuff on my father that was like 30 years old and saying, hey, what happened here? And it's not anything like dramatic that caused a misdemeanor or caused a felony or anything like that. It was literally the police were just called. Um, Wow. They look. Yeah. Yeah. They look at your financials. They look at what, uh, you know, your financial uh, capabilities, where you're at financially. They ask a 21 questionnaire. The questionnaire is, why do you want to become a foster parent? Uh, would you allow a child's biological parent come to your house? Um, hmm. what, does the, what does your family do for activities now? And what kind of methods of discipline do you use now? Ooh, yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. And then they do a physical home inspection. So there they're looking for the cleanliness of your home. Uh, where's the child's going to sleep? Does it fit within the criteria? Like, does it have a door? Do they have a closet? Do they have a window? Is, is it like, uh, a permanent structure? You know, you just can't put up fake walls and, you know, well, he's going to sleep there basically. Right. Uh, is there any hazardous in the homes uh, like spray paint cans, tools, things like that? Uh, they're mm. looking at that as well. And is there wow. any weapons and ammunition ammunition and where are they kept uh on top of that they have classes and certified uh certificates that they need by the state and then they need to know with all that information the state will say okay you're allowed to have x amount of foster children in your home and so it all is based on an age group so like my my foster parents they were not allowed to have any young toddlers in the home because of the stairs and they also maximize the amount of dependents you have in a home to five. So this includes foster children and your biological children. So you can't have more than five. Wow. Okay. I mean, that's that's 
that's, that's very robust. I mean, that's yeah, the completeness absolutely. of that. It's, I mean, I, spray cans. I mean, if what if what if that's your what if you're a painter? When Josh, when you were talking about that, I'm sitting there going like, I don't know if I can get through that process. Yeah, you know what I mean? I got I got stairs and yeah. I've got paint cans and yeah. I've got you know fuel yeah, in my remember, shop. Remember and, when you had kids and you brought them home and you and and you were obsessive about every outlet, put the little plastic thing in the outlet. So yeah, kids, so yeah. I mean, like that's that kind of inspection almost. Yeah, yeah. Well, when yeah. I was a kid, my dad used to laugh when I'd stick something in there and shock myself a little bit. You know, it's changed a little bit, and it's changed. That's probably why I'm. A little bit screwed up but uh no 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 in all, in all honesty though i mean look we all want to protect our children but there's like uh, again for somebody that's willing to do this josh and willing to open up their home to someone that needs yep. that structure needs that stability we got to be careful about stifling the people that are doing it for the right well, reasons well, by well, these these layers of hoops to jump through right yeah, and, if, and yeah. if i may right so when you say there's someone there's some kids out there that need this. It's not a few kids. No. Nope. There, it, oh, it, absolutely it, not. In 2016, I mean, because the numbers are constantly fluctuating, right? Mm-hmm. But about a half a dozen years ago, there were almost a half a million kids in foster care in the United States. Wow. And, and, and so half of them are with non-relative foster homes. So like, like mm-hmm. Josh, where you ended up finally... Right. That's the kind of that's the kind of 50 percent of the kids are in non-relative foster homes. A quarter of them are in relative foster homes. So so I guess they make like an uncle or an aunt or a grandparent. You see grandparents a lot. Right. Yeah. They they make those people the the foster care. And do they Josh, do they have to go through the same rigmarole, that same application as a relative? If they want like the state uh, basically medical card yeah my my understanding is yes they still have to go through that same vigorous wow. uh stuff they want okay. you know kind of that government funding yes okay yes. um and, and it's interesting you know so foster care is almost a um from what i've read and, and josh you can correct me if i'm wrong but it's almost like a transition point right because once you're once you're in the system then you you kind of uh, graduate out of it's the wrong way to say it Ex- you exit the foster care system because you've been adopted right or you're or or, no. or you go back to your to your parents or again. you become an adult or you become an adult right 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 right, right. The, the goal of the whole foster care system is supposed to be a temporary thing until you get relief back to your biological family that's okay. what the the goal of the foster care system is for now in most cases it happens but in a lot of cases it doesn't happen you know they either uh get adopted out uh, that's happened to one of my brothers who was adopted out um they get to like uh incarcerated or into like uh, a facility that's what happened to my sister um they stay in the system like i did um there, there's different factors that, yeah. that can happen or they go live with their uh other uh, biological parent, like if there's parents are separated, like my other brother, okay. he actually was able to live uh, with his biological dad. Okay. Okay. Josh, let me ask you this question. Cause you touched on something there and I'm curious to, to hear your answer to this, but knowing that there's this rigorous process to become a foster parent or a foster family and the goal being, Hey, we want to use this as a, a place uh, kind of of refuge while we try to get these children back with their biological parents somehow, some way is at the, at the same time or simultaneously, uh, are there also things in place to try to help the biological parents to create that stability, to allow those kids yeah. to come back home? What's that look like? So what I 
remember. Um, I, I don't really touch with the parent side of things too much. Sure. Uh, as of yet, I mostly focus on the children. Uh, but what I remember is my mom had to go through some classes and had to go through certain training uh, before she was allowed to have us have us back. She had to go and get random drug tests every once in a while just okay. to see that okay. she was off. Stuff yeah, like I was that. just curious about that because obviously yeah. knowing that there's this huge rigorous process on one side, is there actually some proactive assistance on the other side too to help at least try, right, or make the attempt yes. to create and provide some tools for those people to, yeah. you know, make some changes, right, and do some things to help that situation improve. Just curious about that. Go ahead. Yeah, I can see you got something on your yeah, mind. Yeah, no, I, I, it's, it's because, you know, we mentioned it as a, te you said temporary, I said transition. Yes. Right? So the average time spent in foster care for, for, a, ch for a child in the United States is 13 and a half months. Okay. Yep. So, they're, so they're with some, about a year, a little over a year. Okay. They're with a family or they're with, in jo you know, Josh's case, have multiple families yeah. that they're kind of waiting until there's an adoption or they go back to the, the biological parent. So a little over a year. Right. But you, but it, so, and that's why the numbers fluctuate so much mm. because, but at any given point, there's a half a million kids in the foster care system. That's, I mean, that's massive. Oh, it's giant. Yeah. Yeah. Think about, think about what would those, where would those half a million kids be without that resource being available or yeah. those, that opportunity. Yeah. Right. And I, I think this is, I, I mean, for whatever faults it has, and we can go, we'll go through some of this. Sure. But for whatever yeah. faults it has, that's, that's the government doing a good job of taking care of children, right? And it's that, obviously and needed. <laughs> I mean, it's, obviously, yeah. it's obviously needed, right? Yeah. I mean, at least, and, and, and again, we talk about this a lot with a lot of these programs. The intentions in so many cases are correct. I think in every case where there's assistance available or there's other things that come into play, there are people that take advantage of that situation that mm -hmm. tend to give a, a positive or a, a, a program with positive intentions a bad name. And then it creates uh, chaos in yeah. some cases, right? And now all of a sudden we've got more policies and more red tape and more, you know, a lot of those things come out because I think people have abused the system or have taken advantage of something. Guess what? Now there's more rules and then somebody does something silly. Now we got more rules and mm -hmm. we're making it difficult for these people that want to help to be able to help. But it's obviously needed too that we can't just open that door to everyone because again, uh, some people would not have the right intentions with that situation thinking, Oh, here's the thing I can take advantage of or use as an yeah. excuse. Right. So yeah, it's, I think there's so many programs like that, but anyway, so, so Josh, yeah. let's talk about this a little bit since you have this knowledge of the, you know, give us, give us a little bit of a breakdown in your eyes of kind of the pros and cons. I mean, the bigger things that maybe people out there wouldn't know or would, you know, without having that firsthand experience, just wouldn't really understand what's happening within that, within that system. So being a foster child, some of the pros is you get, when you get older, obviously when I was a child, I didn't think like this, but when I got older, the, the diversity that's out there, the, the, the ethic that's out there uh, is definitely a pro. I got to meet some people that I would have never met uh, sure. if it wasn't for foster care, but I would rather, and I think most people would rather have more of a stability uh, childhood life than a chaotic childhood life, if that makes sense. I'm not saying go put your kids in foster care by any means, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that that's kind of a pro uh, in itself is that I was able to, like, like for example, um, one of my foster parents, um, I lived with them for three years. And I had the opportunity to be a foster brother 
to Michelle Monaghan. Now, I don't know if that name sounds familiar to you guys or not, but Michelle Monaghan is an actress, yep. and that's been in Mission Impossible 3. She's been in... The Heartbreak Kid. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, uh, Pixels with Adam Sandler. So oh, uh, that's yeah. actually my foster sister. And being able to wow. have that interaction and stuff like that and seeing her career growth from basically doing JP, JC Penny magazines to now being an actress was really, really cool. Wow. And yeah. I still, I still have contacts with, uh, you know, her family and stuff like that. So that's something that I can say that was really a pro on, on being a foster child. Now the cons, there's a ton, you know, the trauma that I still had to go through the uh, courts. I had to go through constant courts, the DHS workers, uh, the case workers, you know, being in your house, being at your, uh, in your life every week. Um, mm. the, the home visits, you know, every week you would go home for two hours on a, on a visit with the caseworker and with your mom. So you can't even have an actual conversation with your mother or, you know, mm. with your siblings without a caseworker there writing things down and, and observing things. Um, so in a sense, you're not even allowed to be a child. You're allowed to just go through the system. And then the other thing that's a huge con is, and there's a nice video out there somewhere, it's called Five Minutes. Give yourself five minutes and what would you pack? Because that's all a child has to pack mm, for wow. however long they're going to be into that into that system. So, they're you know, you're packing clothes, you're packing, you know, your favorite animal, stuffed animal, whatever. And you only have five minutes because they're taking you out of that home for the legitimate reasons. Why? Because it's a dangerous situation. But, you know, it, there's. But you can't possibly prepare yourself. Yeah, you can't possibly prepare yourself mentally, no, emotionally, no, or physically no. in five minutes, no. right? That's not. That's no. unrealistic. Yeah, that's yeah. got to be tough, man. That's. I've never thought about it that way. Yeah. Of, of that, how quickly you know everything changes, right? Oh, it's that's got to be. That's got to be. Now, did you get? Did you get used to that? I mean, was that something that you became accustomed to by going through? Because obviously, you made that made several transitions. You know, was that? Are, are you like professional? You know, like like Five minute packer. packer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, it sounds terrible, but you know what I mean. Yeah. No, not by any means. Um, but I will tell you, like I remember being in one foster home, and so I was living with lived with my mom for about three years, and then we got taken out of the home again due to drugs. And uh, I remember, like the three years that I living with living with my mom, life was great. And this is when I was like six or seven. And life was great and stuff like that. My hair was long. You know, I was kind of the rebellious child, basically, you know. But we were poor. We didn't have money to to go get haircuts. You know, we, we was living off of welfare and stuff like that. The father figure was selling dope and, you know, just doing stupid things. Mm. So we got taken out of the home. And I remember being in this one home and I was playing with some other kids that were in the foster care system. Uh, they actually got adopted out, I think. Yeah. They were adopted out before we got there. And I remember looking around and this was a beautiful home that I was in and, you know, just a great family. And I'm like, well, now I need to get back to being civilized here and I need a haircut. So I grabbed the scissors and I started cutting my own hair. And the reason I did that is because I, I knew that there was a difference. At, even at that age, I knew the difference between what my biological parents was, you know, lifestyle was to what I was going into. So wow. yeah, it's uh, uh, trying to fit in. 
It, this is yes, the, yeah. the child looking. But the haircut was not very good by any means. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you're 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 eight years old, and your hair's long because you couldn't afford a haircut. You go to the you go into the system. You end up in a beautiful home, as he just stated, and you feel like I won't be accepted here if I continue to look the way I look, or if right. I continue to act the way I act. Yeah. And you right. have to you have to be this chameleon of sorts. Yeah. To, in order to stay in because that survive I'm, I'm just I'm, this is just coming to me kind of like I'm just yeah. I'm thinking out loud but that survival instinct says this th- I have to be here for any some amount of time and by the way I might be here permanently and so in order for yeah. me to be somewhere permanently and be stable and consistent I have to fit in I, I think the crazy thing is you guys I think all of us I think every human being has some level of like I'm not good enough Right. Sure. Or I'm not enough. Right. Sure. I need to do more. Mm-hmm. And that, and Josh, that that situation that you're talking about, that has to amplify that feeling. Right. Where you're going, you know, that there's things in your own household that that are broken. Yeah. Right. And oh, yeah. and then all of a sudden you see what I would say, you know, the other half lives like or, or you see something that's totally different than what you're used to. There, those questions have to go through your mind, right? Of like, gosh, am I going to be good enough for these people? Are they going to accept me? Uh, that's kind of what you're talking about, right? Yeah, a lot of emotions on a child is, it's very traumatizing. Um, the first emotion is that that a child feels, and I felt this way multiple times, is why am I not good enough for my own parents? Oh, you know, yeah. You know, those are some things that that you have to deal with as a foster child, and it doesn't matter how much therapy you go through or how much counseling it, it, there is. It's a feeling that is, you know, they could say it's not your fault, but it still feels like your fault. You know, hmm. um, you, you think, oh, I should have done this. Oh, if I would have kept that a secret. Oh, if I didn't tell them this, you know, I'd still be with our parents because. No matter what's going on with the child, they still love their parents. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that myself, man. And, and working with guys that are dealing with addiction or other things, I always tell people, like, you're, a parent could be a, a murderer. And yeah. still to a child, they idolize their parents no matter what they do. And at the same time, as children, there's not an understanding of, you know, the disease of addiction or alcoholism or those things that those people a lot of times have no idea what they're doing. I mean, it's not them. Right. That's not they're they're caught up in this this spiral of actions that are causing really terrible consequences. But there's also a level of selfishness that comes with that disease that I don't think a lot of people understand. And even the people who are going through it and living in it don't understand, right? They don't understand how much that they are pushing away the things that are truly important to, you know, to live in this, this lifestyle, this sickness, right? Right. It's sad to see that people take that on their own shoulders when really these people are, are they're sick. Yeah. Yeah. They need, they need help. And sometimes the help that they need is greater than, you know, what they can afford or what the country can afford itself. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. Speaking of, speaking of economics. um, So there's a basic monthly payment rate for standard uh for maintenance ranges and and excuse me it ranged for for standard maintenance which ranges from about 450 to 700 dollars a month per child right it's nothing that's nothing 
right? No, no. And there's, it, there's it, an I, annual clothing allowance of three to five hundred dollars per 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 year per child. Per year? Per year? Yes. Per Dude, year. a pair of shoes like a hundred bucks now. Like that's nothing, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Wow. It's. It, I mean, that those economics stink. Absolutely. Right. I wonder, uh, do we know how much that's changed? Sorry, Josh. Do we know how much no, that's, that's, that's changed? Current. I know, but I mean, oh, like, you know, obviously we're dealing with it, it, our, our current economic state, you know, yeah. and we have all this inflation, you know, interest rates have increased. It's become, there's a lot of people struggling, man, in today's economy because of all these crazy things going on. How has that, has that kept up? Or is it like the, is it like the, you know, pay for, for workers? I mean, that has become grossly disproportionate over time. We've produced more and more and more as a country, but compensation for workers hasn't kept up with that. Is it similar to that? Yeah, it it has to be. I mean, it has to be something along the lines of cost of living, right? I think Josh has got it. Tell me about it. Oh, this is the contract again. And I'm going to show you and see if I can show you here. That was my parents. Uh, wow, so is that twenty-one dollars and ninety cents per day? Per day. Now that's six hundred bucks. Two, yeah, two thousand and twenty-three. There's still between four hundred seventy-eight to nine hundred ninety-two in the state of Iowa. Okay, so my yeah. parents they they made about six hundred and sixty-six thousand, and this contract was back in nineteen ninety-eight. By the way. Okay. So, okay. It's twenty-five um, years old. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Per day, a basic childhood need is about $15.74, and they break it down into four categories. you got basic, moderate, specialized, and intense. Uh, moderate is $21.18, specialized is $27.54, and intense is $32.60 a day. Now, where do these numbers come from? First, it looks at the age of the child. They look at the physical, mental, mental disabilities or special needs that the child needs behavioral issues, and overall health conditions of the child. So I'll I'll break this down a little bit for you. So if a child has some physical and mental disabilities that's going to need some special needs, like they need to be spoon-fed or stuff like that, um, they need to be seen by a doctor all the time and they need like that 24-7 care, well, that's going to be in the intensive where they get the 32-60. In my aspect, I saw two therapists on a weekly basis uh, I was able to go to school. I was able to, you know, take care of myself realistically, you know, for the most part. I was considered a moderate scale of twenty one eighteen. Hmm. Okay, and that makes sense, so, man, because if there's if there's a yeah. true physical malady or there's a, a situation there, you know, again, mental mental disability or a handicap of some sort, obviously you have additional costs to try to take care of a child like that than, you know, some, someone that doesn't have those needs. Right. So at least there's, I'm glad there's a scale. It doesn't sound like there's a huge difference though. And, and healthcare and care is expensive. Yeah. The healthcare is covered through like Medicaid. So your health is, you know, the child's healthcare is covered, but what is not covered and and I've got to point it out here. And it's also in the contract and I'll just, I'll just read it here. Uh, Let me find it. it. Takes me just a minute. Okay, to accept a child for foster care placement and provide care for the child to include but not limit to food, housing, clothing, recreational activity, personal care items, and any additional needs defined in in the case. Okay, I even have in here, you also have to provide transportation to doctor visits, therapy visits, court hearings and trials, and meeting caseworkers and at their uh, office, et cetera. 
That mm-hmm. adds up to more than what that stipend well, is. Well, here's the thing I'm thinking about, you guys. Uh, the time, yeah. you know, there's a, there's an opportunity cost, right, and the time that parents yeah. are taking away from their ability to work and provide or to do the thing. You know, they're, they have to be able and willing to give their time. And I think without that uh, monetary assistance, how do you take time away from your job to, you know, we all do, we do, we've all, we, we yeah. all deal with that with kids, right? It's like, we got to take our kids to the doctor. We have to take our kids to appointments. We have to, and it takes away from your time at work, your ability to provide. So uh, again, as you get into a more and more intense situation, like you said, there's a bigger gap. I'm sure as the, the more and more intense, the care that's required, the harder it is to be able to provide yeah. and, and go do your daily tasks and handle the things that you want to do to take care of your kids. Yeah. Yeah. Oh definitely. yeah. Oh yeah. Um, there was one foster family that I was with is actually the one that I went to get the haircut and, you know, did my own haircut. Um, they actually took on when, when I was no longer in that care, uh, they took on another, uh, child that, that was definitely, uh, in need, you know, and, um, yeah, she she definitely was in, in need, and and unfortunately, okay. she's no longer with us anymore mm. uh, because of her uh, condition. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So 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 there's, I mean, a, ha- a half a million kids are in the system, and if you know, in Josh's scenario, he went through several yeah. foster care houses, if you will, right homes. Um, I mean, there's got to be millions of homes that should be available for this half a million worth of kids, right? No, no. Actually, foster care is one of the one things that, and I, you know, we're going to talk about politics here. That's that's like completely underrated. Uh, we need more foster parents than anything, and because of all the the background stuff that's needed and then on top of that so once you get your foster care license you have to do what i talked about previously you have to do that yearly review so they have Mm -hmm. to look at your house every year and stuff like that and then on top of that you're allowing caseworkers and i'm just reading right here you have to do a yearly review on your license which includes six hours of in-service training you have to allow the caseworker into your home two to three times a week for the child uh, to take the child to the in-home visits to their biological parents and to have a caseworker talk to you. Uh, you'll also be working with the caseworker on the child's behavior management, maintain all documents and data logs. So even as a foster parent, wow. it, it's not like just babysitting a kid. You know, you're part of that child's life through this transition of them being separated from their homes mm-hmm. and then getting put back into their homes. You're, you're part of this, this whole dialogue uh, from start to finish with this child, usually with the foster parents. You're becoming a part of the system long-term. Yeah. It's not yeah. just about the application. Hey, you're a foster parent. Thanks. Yep. Yeah. You are. And again, man, that's gotta be one of the things that I'm sure is a barrier for some people to, to oh, do yeah. it. Right. They're like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to be a part of this. Like you said, two to three times a week. Somebody's going to come into my home. You guys, that's a big commitment. I mean, a huge okay. commitment. And, and again, it goes back to there's just, just you guys, there's so much red tape and so many things. And again, I understand that the intentions of a lot of that are to protect and to make sure that, hey, these kids are, are in a safe environment. And I think that's one of the main things, right, is to get them to safety. Mm-hmm. 
But when it becomes a situation where we're over-regulating a situation like this and we're, we're losing opportunities to have good people that would be really good foster parents, they choose not to do it because of the amount of red tape. That's a or, sad situation okay. to me. Yeah. Or, or like, let's talk, let's, let, let's get to, you know, that, that case from last month in Massachusetts. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, so you're talking about, uh, you, you know, you're saying, and, and Josh, I think you kind of teed this up where we need more foster families. Yeah. And you're saying a lot of them may, may become dissuaded mm-hmm. from, from doing it because, because of the red tape, because of the constant kind of going back and forth to court, yeah. interacting with a, a, another family, interacting with the social workers, DH, whatever the case might be, right? Right. You've got this family in Massachusetts. Yeah, this is crazy. Because they're because and they they are Catholic and 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 here's and here's the extent of their you know their um, uh, activity or uh, what they do with their faith. The the guy um, is part of the band, I believe. He's part of the like the, the church, Catholic the church. church band, okay? Right? Yeah, and and she she like helps out administratively. Like here, volunteers with the church, so they're not only they're not only parishioners, right? They're also people who you know they're they're involved and they're yeah, part they're, they're, their they're, time, they're right? part of that community, part of that church. Yeah, and so they filed. They wanted to be foster care parents, um, and they were denied the right to be foster care. And all of the reviews, all of so you know all you know. Wait, they, wait, wait! They were denied solely because of their religious beliefs. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll get to that. In here okay, in a okay, second, right? sorry. So they so they passed all of the screenings. There was there was comments and there was article or there was you know paperwork in all of that red tape and all of that you know all of that application process that said it was a good home that there was you know it was they didn't have the spray paint everywhere or you know they, they passed all those checks right 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 they passed all of those checks. And it, it came to a point where they said, you know, this is a, this family is fit, you know, and it's a, right. it would be a great home for a kid for 13 and a half months, right? The average time. Yeah. And then, uh, but then ultimately it was declined and it was declined because as a Christian family, right? As a Catholic Christian family, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. That it was deemed that their religion didn't allow them to accept, you know, the identification of gender, or, wow. or accept gender identity from a child, hmm. and the, and and the you know the 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 religion and what they practice and what they believe mm-hmm. is anti LGBTQIA plus blah 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 right 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 so so they were denied a a, a good you know, value driven, loving home was denied the opportunity to be foster care parents because they didn't, uh, they wouldn't affirm gender identities because, because they're, they're not, because they're, they're, they're not, their religion is not accepting of an alternative lifestyle. And we're doing this in a climate where we desperately desperately need more people to be able to do this. Right. I mean, crazy. Josh, what do you think about that situation, about that story? So I would be questioning Massachusetts. Uh, to be honest, Amen. because um, it doesn't matter, it, you know, I can dwell up another video of a guy that I was talking about. Uh, he was raised by lesbians when we had this whole marriage thing going on. You know, should we allow, you know, gay couple to get married? And this guy came in. He's like, both of my parents are, you know, lesbians. And he was a solid man, just a solid man. His speech was phenomenal yes and and uh so 
what we have to do is we have to look back at what is the mission here. And I believe the mission is to make sure, one, make sure that the child is in a safe place. Yes. yes. So denying somebody on that, I, I think is ridiculous. You know, I don't, I don't care what religion anybody is. I don't care what their sexuality is. I don't care any about anything about that. What I care about is can you provide for the child that is needed? Yes. The other thing that I will mention here is also when in that 21 questions uh, uh, application that you do, it asks you, like, what type of uh, child are you looking for? What's your religious background? All this other stuff, just so they know they're pairing you with, you know, similar to a, a child with the same kind of background. So it's not going to be so completely different. Right. Um, they also ask about LGBTQ and stuff like that. So and right. they ask if, you know, would you take on a child that has HIV, AIDS and, and that type of stuff as well? Wow. So, yeah, that's crazy. I mean, and that makes sense that we try to connect. Yeah. And that's another but that's another part of this discussion. We have this opportunity of trying to connect the right child with the right care. There should be diversity in the foster system, right? I mean, there's the kids are coming yes. from diverse backgrounds, there's diversity yeah. in the children that need foster care. They're not all the same. Yeah. You know, you can't put those kids in a box. So why not have a huge amount of diversity in the, in the homes available and want that to be, have options, right? Yeah. I, I mean, does, does diversity not include a traditional Christian family? Not anymore. When the hell did that change? Uh, that's scary though. Right. Again, that, that's, that's, a, and, and, and you guys, I, look, I, I was, I was raised Catholic, you know, Mike, you were raised Catholic mm -hmm. and yes, I was raised Catholic. Does that mean that I believe in every aspect of Catholicism? No. Does that mean that I'm extreme to the level? Look, dude, I believe in gay marriage. I think every human being should be able to love another human being. If that's, if that's what makes you happy and you're not hurting my family or my kids or God bless you, man, yeah. go do your thing. Like I, you know, I think there's, it's, it's, we got to be careful about jumping to conclusions and making assumptions that just because this is somebody's, uh, you know, here's a high level They're They're involved in this. Yeah. Does it really mean that they agree with, and they are going to be a stickler with every single aspect of what that religion says? I don't know very many people, you guys that are like that. I think no. our goal is to take away, uh, you know, uh, to, 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 to use religion, to have some faith. Yeah. Right. And to help us to try to be better people and live a better life. But you guys know that uh, there's there's aspects of the Bible that you can take literally, but some of them are figuratively. And that's a that's a difficult thing to figure out where people land on that, making the assumption that everything is literal and these people are not going to be accepting human beings. I think that's a really that's that's a silly, silly yeah. assumption to make. Don't you guys think? I yeah. think that's crazy. So the Massachusetts Department of Children and Families acknowledged the two seemed like strong adoption candidates. They noted their willingness to parent a child with medical, mental health, or behavioral needs. The family was also willing to take in multiple children, decreasing which, which decreases the likelihood of trauma among separated siblings. Yes. Right? But ultimately, the DCF deemed the two to be unfit because of a belief that they would not be affirming to a child who identified as LGBTQIA. And so the, the couple's taken Massachusetts to court. They're suing. Uh, good. Which they should. Absolutely, they but should. But I mean, but, but w would this even be a conversation 20 years ago? No. 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 Uh, jo Josh, you hit the nail on the head, man. We can't lose sight of the mission. Yeah. Like, what is the goal, yep. right? What is the mission here? What are we trying to accomplish? It's to, like you said, Josh, right. give these children a safe place 
where they can try to, we, we can allow these people like yourself, Josh, right? You are, you're a good man yeah. and you're a productive part of society. And, uh, and, and obviously, so, okay. So let's take this another step. Yep. Josh, one of the things we haven't really talked about yet, you're a foster parent yourself, correct? Well, no, he, 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 he no, wants no, to not. be, wants to be. Oh, you're, you're going, yes. Yeah, okay. You're willing to be is what I should have said. Right. Right. Yes. And, so, and again, man, that's a huge, uh, you know, you, you want to give back. It sounds like to me, tell me where you're at in that process and what's that experience yeah. been like for you. So I am on the board with Families Helping Families of Iowa, which is uh, awesome. a committee that helps foster children uh, with like, we have the Spread Your Wings program, which helps foster children get into sports, which I'm a big, big fan of. Uh, we help them with clothes. You know, once again, we talked about that five minute thing. You can't pack everything in five minutes. So you're going to be leaving some of your clothes behind, a lot of your clothes, really. And so... And, and then that $500 voucher, that doesn't cover, like you said, Harley pair of shoes and, and some jeans and stuff like that. So we have a clothing closet for them uh, where they can get personal items if needed, uh, especially for the women. Um, you know, we, we offer like senior pictures for them. And, you know, we just try That's to cool. yeah. bring yeah. as much positive light to these foster children as much as possible uh, so they can overall try to be a better uh, citizen. You know, that, that's right. the goal is because eventually these children are going to become adults. And if we start working with them to be a better adult, then maybe and I hope this will happen. I highly doubt this will ever happen. But the goal is to not have this type of program, you know, because there's no need for it. Right. 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 That's the perfect world. Right. Yeah, sure and and right. Josh, some of those things you mentioned through that program that helps the foster parents as well. Right. Oh, I mean, some right. of those things are taking pressure off of these people that are taking on a big burden. I just, I don't want to say, but a big responsibility, it's a huge responsibility. Yeah. Right. And so that's great for the child and the, and the foster home, yeah. which I think is phenomenal. Yeah. Okay. So, I so do, I just, I just, I just can't get over it. It's a huge responsibility. It's, it's so needed yes. in today's world. You know, when, when we, I mean, we've talked about this before, children are our future, right? Like, there's this massive responsibility and, and people are looking looking to do it and you know identity politics gets in the freaking way or, or something silly you know somebody that's uh you know pro-gun that they don't agree with how they're you know keeping their firearms in their home or you know i mean there's there's a million things that you could get i'm sure like kind of black flag by yeah. and i don't know again i think we have to be careful not to regulate ourselves out of a, a positive opportunity in a positive right. scenario because and again you guys know too uh there's still individual people involved in this process of going in and looking at homes, right, Josh? I mean, there's still a human aspect to that. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And it could be as simple as somebody looking at this and not agreeing with somebody else's beliefs and allowing their personal agenda or their personal beliefs of their own to sway or uh, you guys, yeah. that's that's kind of scary. Yeah, it is. It, it, it's, is. it's losing the mission. Yep. Josh, we're coming up on break. Any last comments from you, my friend? Uh, no, no comments right now. So. Okay. Dude, right, we great. really, really appreciate you Absolutely. doing this. And, uh, and again, man, just appreciate the opportunity to get to know you more. Um, keep doing what you're doing, man. I appreciate the fact that you're trying to give back and, and pay attention to the system and understanding how important it is from a, a different perspective that a lot of people don't have and being willing to come and share that with us. Yeah. And, uh, Dude, Godspeed, man. I hope you keep doing what you're doing yeah, and, and, and keep doing good things. And I, and I just want to say, you know, well, I mentioned at the beginning, like, this is a really good program. This is something where our, our 
you know, our government did the right thing, is doing the right thing. And whether the debate is whether it should all be government, you know, focused or some of the private and public companies that support the foster care system, whatever it is, this is a really good, because because of a guy like Josh, yeah. right, who goes through that system and was in a dozen homes throughout, you know, his time in, in, in that system. And he comes out of it, he's a, a contributing member of society. Absolutely, right? yeah. And now, and now wants to give back and be a foster parent when the time is right. You know, like when you, when your kid gets out of high school, right? That's what you told me, right? Yeah, yeah. So, oh, so it, the hell yeah, that's yeah. great. That's great. Thank you so much, Josh. We really appreciate this. Yes. And you know what, Josh? I'm proud of you, buddy. Hell yeah. Keep up the good appreciate work. It. Yep. All right. All right, man. Hey, thank you very much. Keep watching the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, man. All right. All right, guys. We're going to go to a quick break. Uh, thanks yep. again to Josh Beck. And uh, Josh, we'll hopefully talk again soon. And uh, Mike and I will be right back after the break. Thanks, everybody, thank for you, listening. Josh. Appreciate it, bud. All right, welcome back. There we are. We're back again. Yeah, after a little break, Josh yeah. back. Yeah, that was great, dude. He's awesome. He is, he's such dude. a good dude. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's one of those. It's Heart. one of those things we talk about. You uh, you look at Josh, and then all of a sudden, like you started getting a conversation with him, and it's it's like he's such a well-spoken, yeah. just kind-hearted human being. Yep. But I think a lot of people look at people like you know, he's got the beard, and, and you know, he's a biker guy, and like. Yeah. You, you don't judge people, man. Yeah, like he's yeah. he's trying to do some good in the world, and uh, he is absolutely, he is. absolutely. He is. Like I said, I always appreciate his willingness, dude. The guy is willing to to take on anything. It's just yep. I love people like that, yeah. right? Hey, how can I help? Yep, it's kind of his mentality. Speaking of taking on anything, yeah. If anything happens to your car, we've got a great sponsor. Yes, we, got, we, have, we have Keith Dirks Auto Body. Yeah, right, uh, right there in Monticello. Yes, Cody um, Dirks. Cody Dirks. Yep. Thank you very much for the sponsorship. Uh, he's a, a a great guy. You got a ding to your car. You hit a deer right someone yeah. you know something hey, happens shit happens shit happens right it does um and what i love about what he does is his you know small town small business like you call me i'll tell you, i'll make sure you're taking care yeah. of that that customer service is paramount and we've lost that in this world so yeah if some have if you need if you need an auto body if you need you know some repairs or something like that dirk's auto body uh call cody directly 319 yes 480-1886 again that's cody dirk's 319 Four eight zero one eight eight six. Yeah, uh, thank you for the sponsorship. Really appreciate you us uh, allowing us to do this. Yes, yes. Cody will take good care of you, and yeah. uh, those guys do great work. So it's yeah. uh, it's what makes America America, man. Those yeah. small businesses that are that are making things happen and shooting people the right way. So we, you know, we with Josh, that. with Josh, it just you know, I I it 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 tends to restore faith. Yeah. And some of the things we've got going on in this world as 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 shitty as as things can be, yeah. right? As much as we, you know, you know, we're pointing out wrongs or we're pointing out missteps of the government or yeah. the insider trading by Congress, which happens every single day, yeah. right? Yeah, like there's still good in the world, and and there's still a place for government to do good in the world, yeah, right? Yeah. To provide some common, you know, uh, uh, help. Yeah, some common absolutely. architecture for children who are in bad situations, and it's not—they're not there by choice. Right? They're—they're a—you uh, know—they're a victim of that circumstance. Right. And there's a system that's been put together. It's been thought through. I mean, talk about rigorous and 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 the questionnaires and all that kind of stuff. I, yeah. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And and here he is. 
who, who, so, who if you just looked at it on, on a piece of paper and said he bounced between all of these different places and he went back to his biological mother, then he had to get out of that house again. Right. You would just look at that and go, well, this system's terrible. Well, look at him. But, but let, me, let, me, let me interject just yeah. for one second. Yeah. I think what's really powerful about somebody like Josh is that it's his perspective. Correct. It's his choice and how he chooses to look at that situation mm-hmm. where he could look at his past and look at what he's been through and he could be a tremendous excuse for yeah. him to not be a productive part of society yep. and be a criminal. He doesn't choose that. Right. He chooses to be thankful for the good opportunities and focus mm-hmm. on the good things that he was able to take away from that. He talked about the positive aspect of how many people he's gotten to meet and gotten to know and how many connections he's made that, you know, that, that's Did- something he took away from that. Dude, how easy is it and how common is it in our society today for people to that have been through that type of difficult situation yeah. and go, well, this is my fate. I'm screwed. Yeah. You, That's not you, his perspective, right? right? Did you hear him talk about when he went back with his biological mother and was there for, I think he said, three years? Yeah. And he said, we were living life. He yeah. goes, we're having a great time. And he said, we were poor. We we're on welfare. I couldn't, get a, I couldn't afford a haircut. But he said, it, it was great. Yeah. He said, we were living life. Yeah. Like that perspective is not found in a lot and of places. And guess what, today. man? That's a choice. It is. That's a choice. We're, it's 100% we're, a choice. When you, say that, when you say the term victim of your circumstances, I think he's a great example of you have a choice. You do. You have a choice of you what do. direction you want to even, take that. Even at seven, eight years old. Absolutely. Yeah. You have a choice. Yeah. And even, even at that age, man, when he was giving the example of the haircut situation, yeah. that's, a, that's an example to me of the guy's willingness to adapt. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, 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 did, he wasn't like, these people will never understand me. It was like, hey, how can I come in and try to make sure that I fit in with these people, make yep. them comfortable, yep. even though that's, you know, I mean, that's- So that, so that I'm more comfortable. A hundred percent, right? Like, right. again, he's, he's thinking about those around him yeah. and not just uh, taking a selfish, you know, viewpoint. Well, of, it's interesting because it, 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 doing research for this and talking to him, yeah. um, you know, I, one of the, one, I mean, when you, when you get into some of this, you go down this rabbit hole, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. A, a massive piece of this that we didn't even get to with him because I, I'm not sure it applied anyway. Okay. Because I, we, I, I, I wanted more of his perspective and I wanted him to talk about the numbers and, and things like that. Yeah. But there's a massive, massive argument that the, the racial bias in the foster care system is just out of control. Right. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and, and there's, there's a reason for it. Yeah, I, I think a, a full one third of all children in a, fo- in, a in the foster care system are African-American yeah. yet. Yet only 15% of the children in the United States are African-American. Yeah. So that's a massive disparity. Yeah. There's right? a big disproportionate. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's disproportionate, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then, so then there's a lot of people out there using, uh, whether they're using the race card or if it's justified, wh- whatever, right? Right. There's, there's an argument out there about, you know, is there's, there's bias in the system that needs to be cleaned up, you know, from what I'm seeing. And from what I, you know, what I've, a lot of stuff I've read and what we just heard from Josh, yeah. like just let good families take care of kids right. and either get them back into their homes with their biological families or get them into an adoption scenario. Let them continue to grow, continue to nurture them. I don't care. Race, yeah. creed, it doesn't matter. Right, right. I want to say two things, man. I think number one, part of what scares me about some of these heavy regulations that come 
down from the government is that if you miss or you don't meet some of this criteria, I think a lot of times people take your application. It's like, yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of, Hey, let's work with those people. Mm-hmm. Let's explain to them what we need to see different and how we, you know, the things that we're concerned about. Sure. Let's, let's, you know, mentor these families that want to do this instead of just saying, Oh, sorry. Yeah. And we lose one of these candidates that yeah. could help children because of because of your religion or, or because of who again, you, maybe one silly your thing. skin color. Right? It could I be mean, anything, right? It could be anything. I think that's again, man. Let's let's just nurture the situation rather than just make this black and white decision. Why would you want to turn away help? For it kids? makes no sense. It makes no sense. And you know, I want to bring up one more thing, which goes back to what you were just talking about mm-hmm. about this claim that hey, this thing is is you know it's biased. It's, it's biased, mm-hmm. right? He said it in the discussion of, hey, the ideal or the perfect world situation is we don't need this program. Right. Let's let's help parents be parents. Let's work with people. Let's educate. You know what I'm saying, man? Like, like, I think that's what causes some of that disproportionate, you know, statistic scenario that you're talking about is that, dude, we got to start this sooner. Yeah. We've got to get down to the grassroots of like, why is there so many foster kids in the United States? What really causes that problem? You know, there's a root cause to that as well. Foster care is, that's a retroactive result of other circumstances. It's a reaction. And and again, it's not always that somebody's just making terrible decisions. It could be health issues. You know, there's a, you know incarceration right. that it maybe wasn't on job. There could, there's so many things it could be. Correct. However, that's still something I think we need to continue to work on and educate and understand. And again, like you said, I don't care what the, what the answer is or how we get there, but we got to take care of these kids, bro. Right. We got to take care of these kids that need supervision, that need guidance, that need some level of stability yeah. to allow them to do what Josh has done and grow up to be a productive part of society and someone that wants to give back. Yeah. That's yeah. what we need. Right. Uh, we, we absolutely need that. And we, I don't care who you, uh, we, we shouldn't be turning away people. No, we shouldn't be no. turning away good people who want good to take people. Kids. That's that's the important true, 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 aspect, true. right? We, yes. we shouldn't we shouldn't be turning yeah, away some good people. Some people aren't fit for this, man. Let's no. just face it; they're and, not. But but I mean, if you weren't okay, let's have this discussion. Okay, if you weren't fit, yeah, would you apply? Well, I mean, good point. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't. You know, I mean, again, I but but I didn't understand, man, how intense of a scenario that that oh, yeah. was. I mean, yeah. there's people that. I feel like get turned away for probably things that are extremely, I would call them, you know, I don't know what the minuscule yeah. in the grand scheme of things. Probably. They probably get probably boot because yep. of something silly. Yep. And that's the part that bugs me. Yeah. Cause those people are probably fit. There's a lot of those people that probably are fit. Right. Yeah. But they have, they just don't, they don't check one box or a couple boxes in this, you know, 21 question questionnaire. So, so in that sense, I mean, the, 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 maybe the, maybe the bad, uh, for whatever lack of a better term, sure. they, they weed themselves out because they don't apply, but then there's just a higher standard for good people to make sure that they're great people. Right. I, I don't know. I, I, it's a tough one, man. Yeah. It's a tough one. And this goes back to that whole, Hey man, there's a, there's a happy medium when it comes to these regulations and these, you know, these policies yep. and all these things yep. that the government puts in place, we got to use common sense, but we cannot we cannot continue down this path because how much have these regulations continued to grow and become more difficult? Yeah. I feel like it, it's, it doesn't ever become easier. 
It's kind of like taxes, right? Yeah. They don't go down. They don't go down. No, they just continue to grow and grow and grow. At what point do, you, do we regulate ourselves out of being able to have any foster parents because it's too difficult of a process and nobody yeah. wants to go through it? Like, we got to be careful yeah. about that, Mike. Yeah. Uh, it, it, you know, we, we've had a conversation in the past on one of the other podcasts where we talked about, you know, the, the, our measure of success are our children. Right. Think about some of these. Think about the foster parents that he mentioned. Yeah. I can't remember their names off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how do they, I mean... You know, the satisfaction of watching him grow up to be the man that he is yeah. has to be immense. That's why right? you do it, right? That right? has to be why you do it. If you're doing it for the right reasons, Correct. that's got to be why you do Correct. it. You're praying that you can help someone like Josh do what he's been able to do yeah. in his adult life. And it just, I, again, it gives me some level of faith in humanity again because we can we can sit here and we can talk about you know child trafficking and sex trafficking and we can uh, on one end of a, of a spectrum oh, we can talk about that and how bad people are and you're selling children you're stealing them from country, third world countries or even the United States and you're putting them into a system you know on the dark web where they're yeah. being sold and trafficked and what have you then on the other end you have these great people who just want to take care of you know, good kids or, or even some challenged kids, Absolutely. but they're willing to put in the time, the effort. They're not getting paid squat. No, I mean, the, the, it, it the, doesn't cover. It I guess the cost the, of living yeah. increases never hit the foster care system. Like right? most things, right? Like most things in the government. But it, 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 I mean, it just shows that you can have some faith in humanity because there's some people out there that really give a shit. So many good people, man. Right. And that's part of this whole, the reason that we're doing this, right? Yeah. It's like, we want to remind people that the good people got to stick together man, yeah. and talk to each other. Right. And continue to have faith and believe in each yep. other that, Hey dude, we can stick together and we can make a difference. Yep. We can make a positive change or have a positive impact at least. Yep. And that's being lost in, yeah. in this big, you know, mainstream media scenario yep. and all these stories were being told. It's like, everything's negative, right? It's yeah. negative stories and people hate each other and you should hate these people. And we're creating all this division is that real or yeah. is that somebody's story? Yeah, yeah. There's more good people out there, man, than there is shitty people, I I'll, believe. You, you know, uh, you, you said a couple of words just now. That's why we're doing this. I'll tell you what, man. I, the people that watch this episode, you know, the, the 150 to 200 people that we're getting to watch each episode. Yeah. Right? Um, sometimes more, sometimes less, whatever. But the, the number of people that they watch this, I guarantee some people open their eyes and go, I didn't know that. I didn't realize. Yeah. I didn't know there were a half a million kids in this system in the United States. Right. And if one dude, if one person in this audience goes and applies to be a foster parent, we, that's, that's victory. We win. That's right. Yes. That's yes. Right. And look, just being aware, right? Just being aware that this exists. Yep. There's a need. I mean, we had the perfect example of right. how this system can work. Yeah. Even even through a lot of difficulty you and challenges. Drug abuse and, and yeah, dealing dude, dope I mean, and all so that many challenges, yeah. right? Bouncing around, moving, packing up in yeah, five minutes. Pack up in five tough, minutes. Tough, tough situation. But good can come from that, man. Yeah, absolutely. Perception is reality. And uh, so I hope that people make that choice to try to yeah. see the good and see yeah. the light and understand yeah. that, hey, there's good people out yeah. there trying to do the right thing. And Josh, man, I know you're, I know you're watching this back. Thank you so much. That yeah. was, that was impactful. Yeah, absolutely, it was. man. And thank you to, thank you to Dirk's auto body, Cody, give him a call. 319-480-1886. Yep. Right. Like, thank you for, thank you for your sponsorship. That was a great guest and a good guy you've worked with. And now yeah. I've gotten to know him a little bit. Just a solid dude. Good human being, man. Yeah, man. Good yeah. human being. All, All right, right, man. Well, let's wrap it up. we got some more work to do today, but, yeah, uh, Hey, like, share, make sure that you guys, uh, 
think of other people out there in your contact list that you can uh, let them know that this podcast exists. If people yeah. don't know, they're not going to hear the word. it. Let's spread the word. Absolutely. All right, man. All hey, right, man. Good stuff. Nice work, buddy. It has to start somewhere. It has to start sometime. What better place than here? What better time than now?